This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app today. What is going on, Trash Talkers? We're back again this week breaking down all the big news in the NFL. Did the Browns do enough to assert their dominance atop the AFC North? Can the Bills make a playoff push in Josh Allen's second year? And should the Kansas City Chiefs be worried about their defense? All that and more coming your way on this week's Trash Talk. Mayfield under center on first down, toss sweep, near side. Here comes Chubb with a cutback. He's out to the 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Here he goes to the 50. Here goes Chubb. He's going to go. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nick Chubb. He's got a hat trick. Mahomes in trouble, throws back across his body. Oh, and a flip to McCoy from Kelsey. Look at this. McCoy in the open field. That was sick. Allen steps up, throws deep ball. It is intercepted, picked up by Devin McCourty. Four straight games with a pick. From the gun, Brady flushed out. Brady fires, intercepted in the end zone. Micah Hyde read it. Hey, Nick, how's it going? It's going pretty good, Mike. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. First quarter of the NFL season in the books. Uh, a lot to get to today, so let's get started. Uh, want to start it off with the Browns on a two-game winning streak, and the Ravens starting to come back down to earth. Uh, I want to get your opinion on who has the best chance at winning the AFC North. Yeah, I mean, after this game, I, I definitely think it's the Browns. They completely just dominated the game, even. I mean, you have to imagine that the Ravens had a, a secondary issues, no? The Ravens had secondary issues. They had linebacker, linebacker issues. They, they just have issues all over the field. And last year, they were known as one of the best def- defenses in the league. And everybody thought that coming into this year, they would be the same. But we have to remember that they lost to Zadarius Smith. They let Terrell Suggs go. They lost C.J. Mosley to the Jets. And so they, the three linebackers that held them together, they were the glue of the defense. They have the, the defensive backs there still, and they added Earl Thomas, but he just hasn't been the same. The, the, everybody hasn't been the same. And then we see the frustration coming out, especially in Marlon Humphreys, who decided to take a few uh, shots at Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, things just haven't been flowing. They, they haven't gotten found their groove. And... It's not helping the offense, you know. That I feel like in in week one when they're playing playing Miami, the defense was working well. That helped Lamar Jackson in the offense, and nothing nothing's been steady. Once the defense kind of started to unravel, and so so did the offense. Yeah, but we saw for the first two weeks that the Browns just weren't. They weren't there. They weren't clicking. The offense under Freddie Kitchens really isn't, you know, it's not what we thought it was going to be. We, it's not what we saw at the end of last year when Baker Mayfield was lighting defenses up with Jarvis Landry. It seems like, you know, before Landry got hurt this past game, 
that he had started to find his groove, but that's another setback now that they have to deal with. On top of that, Odell is getting into fights just like he used to with Josh Norman when he was with the Giants. I mean, these things are, you know, these are all things that are going to weigh against the Cleveland Browns, so I just can't imagine them, you know, coming out of this for many reasons, really. Yeah, but you have to realize in the first two weeks of the season, they have a brand-new head coach that wasn't even a coordinator, a full-time coordinator last year. He's he's going through growing pains. Baker Mayfield is still going through growing pains. He's super new in this league, and he has brand-new receivers. He has a lot of attention from the media. There's a, there's a lot of pressure on all of them to succeed and do well right out of the gate, and, and that was just too much. And kind of the, now that they have some negative media, it's kind of uh, making them focus on on doing better and they've 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 shown that in the last two weeks with big wins especially this one against the uh, the Ravens their biggest divisional opponent and now now that they have you know taken a hold of that AFC North I don't think they're going to let it go I don't think I think we've, we're finally starting to see that Lamar Jackson isn't as good as we thought he was he played Miami in week 1 had a perfect QBR and everybody was like oh he can actually throw but that's not true he can't. He threw the the Browns have four brand new defensive backs that only played in one game before this past past week four, and they came out and just gave him trouble. And they just yeah. But you have to imagine with Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, the offensive game plan that they went in with just didn't seem to work. He he seemed flustered all day. He didn't have people getting open, but I have to assume that under John Harbaugh, this stuff is going to get rectified. I mean, the the Ravens have shown that they are the class of the AFC North. They have been along with the Steelers, right? And obviously with the Steelers hitting a road bump early on, you know, nobody's really thinking of them as somebody who can really contend unless they show us something in the in the next coming weeks and they actually, you know, vault themselves onto the onto the stage here. Uh, I'm not going to count them as beating the Bengals as something that should be lauded and up, you know, uh praised by uh, NFL fans, you know, get, getting a win is always nice. You can only play the teams in front of you, but they were 0-3 going into that. So, I mean, with the Ravens, uh, you have to imagine that the defense is going to find its groove. Uh, they were shut down the first few weeks, uh, and then they got hit by the injury bug. And it, those injuries, uh, although devastating for the time, you know, right now it's not about, uh, you know, right now, they, they're going to have to make do, but it's not for the long haul. They're going to get these players back, and they're going to be able to uh, shut offensives down like the we're accustomed to seeing with the Ravens. I, I just don't see it with this group. I, I think they have too many issues with the lack of depth on, on their roster. They just don't have enough experience at each level of the defense to sustain the success that they had in the previous year. The, and and the offensive line isn't the same. They have uh, Hayden Hurst in his second year, but he, he still hasn't done anything. Even with Mark Andrews as the st- uh, standout tight end on the team, you would think that they'd use that dual tight end system 
to their advantage, but they really haven't. And that's because nobody on the offense has been able to get going besides Mark Ingram. And he was just completely not himself this past week against the Browns, who have a pretty stellar defensive line. Yes, I have to imagine that Mark Ingram is going to look at this film. He's going to see what the defense did against him, and he's they're going to get the blocking schemes right, and they're going to get Mark Ingram right. Because when Mark Ingram is going well for them, they are almost unbeatable. They can run wildcat triple options. They can run RPOs with Marquise Hollywood Brown coming over the middle of the field. I mean, they have a plethora of talent that can't be overlooked and when you're talking about the Browns I think that they came in with so many expectations and it was immediate letdown now we are a quarter of the way into the season uh there's still three quarters left to go I think they have plenty of both teams have plenty of time to figure things out and the best part is that we get to see them play again later on in the season um but right now I think with with you know, every th- this was a must-win game for the Browns. You have to think of it in that case, right? The Ravens, you know, it, if they got a win, you know, winning is always the goal here. But the fact of the matter is, is that if the Browns lost this game, they, their season was all but over with. If no, they win, how, how how can you say that? How can you say that their season? We're four weeks into the season. If they lost this game, they would have been one in three. The Browns. And the Ravens still have pretty tough uh, games ahead of them. And I think that as time keeps going on, the Browns are going to find their identity. But the, the Ravens have lost their identity, and I, I don't think they're going to find it. John Harbaugh, as talented as he is, I don't think he can craft Lamar Jackson, who's not a primary receiver in many people's eyes. Uh, sorry, primary uh, th- quarterback in many people's eyes into a pocket passer or somebody who's able to sit there and find his reads and and make the right plays. I I get that. But at the same time, we're looking at the Browns team that still has to go up against uh, the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Um, and they're, you know, in, in the AFC East on top of that, the Steelers always give them a tough time. Uh, they'd have to face the Ravens and, uh, again, I mean, they have a lot left against them right now. And, you know, the fact that it took Rex Ryan on ESPN to just absolutely destroy Baker Mayfield for him to get fired up is very concerning to me. I mean, the fact that he needed some outside noise to fuel him into playing a game, and honestly, it wasn't even Baker. Baker didn't do, you know, all that much. It was mostly Nick Chubb. And I think that the Ravens' defense it can easily game plan for shutting him down and then worrying about making Baker Mayfield's life completely Hectic. In this game, yes, it was a lot of Nick Chubb, and I, I, I don't believe that. I think, I think you're kind of downplaying how much of an impact Rex Ryan and and what he said had on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield 
was a walk-on for his for, for his co- the colleges he played for. He is used to adversity, and when people count him out, that's when he plays his best. He loves to prove you wrong. He has that he has that it factor when people are counting him out, and he is just written off. He is ready to just dominate, and I think he is ready to prove that. And I think this is something that he will su- sustain for the rest of the season. Yeah, I just don't see. Uh, I just don't see the Browns in the same light that you do. I don't see uh, their defensive backs being something that should be feared. Uh, their linebacking core is lacking at best. I mean, they have Joe Schobert and then a couple of players. You know, Christian Kirksey just went down for the year, so that they're really struggling right now. Um, and then you talk about uh, you know the other side of the ball, Lamar Jackson. He he can throw the ball as much as you say he can't. He can. It's how, all about how can getting. Can you say he can throw the ball when because they have to when, get people around him. They have to get better weapons around what him. Do you ta- how can you say he needs better weapons when he has two solid tight ends in Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst? He has Marquise uh, Marquise Brown who has lights out speed. Like what? What more do you want? You have Willie Sneed, who's a six foot two receiver. I, he's an outside guy. I don't know what more you can ask. There's so many other teams in the league that are doing better than the the Ravens with less. Did you just come at me with Willie Sneed? That's what you're resting on. Willie Sneed is not a number two wide receiver. Oh, put Willie Sneed on another team, and and he'll perform much better. You put Willie Sneed on another team, he may not make the roster. That's the case. <laughs> I don't Marquise agree. Hollywood Brown is all all world. He is a talent. He is transcendent. He is going to be a star in this league. I guarantee it. He is one of those players that just has that it factor that you talked about with Baker. I think Marquise Hollywood Brown has that as well. This is his rookie year. He needs to get into it. Don't forget... You know, Lamar Jackson didn't start all of last year. He only started toward the back end of the year. So this is still a learning curve for him. I think as the year progresses, he's going to get much better. Those throws are going to be more on point. He's They're going to get that, that offense figured out. And I think him plus uh, Mark Ingram and Hollywood Brown, they're really going to be a force to be reckoned with in the AFC North. I mean, hey, Marquise Brown, you know, he's what, the nephew of Antonio Brown? I'm not saying that they think the same, but you never know. If, if he starts to get frustrated just like Antonio did, you never know what might happen, how that will affect the organization. So It just seems like he, he has a better head on his shoulders as of right now. Uh, as of right now, but Antonio Brown was the same way when he first came into the league. Marquise Brown, he already came into the league with Hollywood as his nickname. Like, you can't get... That that's that's a nickname that's for somebody who's already established themselves in the league as a versatile weapon, like Tyree Kill. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of Tyree Kill, uh, I want to move on to uh, one of the bigger games of the week, if not the biggest, and that was uh, the Chiefs and the Lions. Uh, so I want to talk to you about uh, should the Chiefs be worried about their defensive woes um, after almost losing to the. Darius Slayless defense in Detroit. Not only was it a Darius Slayless defense, it was a Danny Amendola's offense. And and the the impact that the Lions had on the defensive impact that the Lions had on 
uh, Patrick Mahomes was just incredible. He was uncomfortable the entire day. He was making poor throws, poor decisions. They couldn't get anything going in the run game. It's just it it wasn't their game, and if it weren't for a few plays that went the Chiefs' way, especially with that fumble on the goal line return for a touchdown, they should not have won this game. And and the defense is missing their best weapon. If you put Darius Slay on that field and you take away Sammy Watkins, which Darius Slay would do, I don't see that the there's any way the Chiefs win this game. They're just the Chiefs have so many problems, and now it's starting. We're starting to figure out Patrick Mahomes. Now that there's a full season of tape on him, and you have a, a defensive coordinator like uh, or defensive mind like Matt, Matt Patricia, uh, dis- dissecting each and every one of those films, and finally figuring out how to, how to put pressure on uh, Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have now every coach that's uh, going up against Patrick Mahomes watching this tape and now figuring out how to put the same pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know if Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes will be able to figure out how to correct these mistakes. And it's No, more- they will. They will. And, and here's why. Let me tell you. Because Patrick Mahomes isn't the issue. It's the Chiefs' defense. And I think that Patrick Mahomes can easily make up for the Chiefs' defense. I think that they have their struggles, but there's still options out there. Uh, I think that the Chiefs will revisit a possible trade for Jalen Ramsey. I think that they're going to get some players back that are uh, currently suspended or not playing because they're injured. They're going to get some of those players back. They're going to work them into the system, and I think they're going to play a good, solid defense. See, here's the thing, right? You have Patrick Mahomes. They're missing Tyreek Hill, who is arguably their second-best offensive weapon behind behind the quarterback. Okay? So you talk about not having Darius Slay. They didn't have Tyreek Hill. So you're talking about basically an even matchup without the two of them there. I mean, they would have been locked in and possibly even, even worse for the Chiefs because... I'm sure Tyreek Hill would have been able to get past Darius Slay at least once, if not twice, uh, for some big catches. I mean, the speed on that man is absolutely incredible. The speed, the speed is incredible, but don't forget that they already have the Chiefs already have a, a Tyreek Hill type player in Michael Hardman who has the same speed. And it's not like Tyreek Hill has the best route running by any means. So it's it's not that hard for anybody to see where he's going in and out of his breaks. And so I, I think as long as you put a corner and a safety on him, you can lock Tyreek Hill up. And that leaves Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson. So Demarcus Robinson was completely shut out in this game. And that was by what their, cor- their slot corner, their corner two. And then you have Sammy Watkins, who can be handled by, an, you know, I don't, I'm not sure who their other corner is, but, but they, they would be able to figure it out. If Matt Patricia was able to put enough pressure on the edge to get Patrick Mahomes off his game, then I don't, I don't think it matters as much down the field because Patrick Mahomes won't be able to make accurate throws where he needs to. And, and especially when they're already one-dimensional because Damian Williams, although he was back, he's not 100%. And that offensive line is just horrible. They can't protect Patrick Mahomes, even though he likes to flush out of the pocket and he's good at it. 
He still needs some type of protection. He needs some time, and he doesn't have that, and that's something that won't be able to be fixed. Yeah, but you're you're talking about going up against a defensive genius in Matt Patricia, who seems to have turned the Lions around quite a bit, I might add. Um, you know, he seems to be doing a great job up there in Detroit. Uh, but as as far as the the Chiefs are should be they shouldn't be concerned about their defense just yet. They're not they haven't given up a mass amount of points. They're not they didn't go against a scrub quarterback in by any means. Uh, you know, Matt Stafford is one of those quarterbacks who can still sling the ball and he's got weapons on the offensive side. They didn't give up too much to carry on Johnson although his his uh, touchdowns may say otherwise. I think that they still did enough of a job to contain him and you know, I think that with everything that the the uh, Lions can come at you with on the offensive side of the ball. I think that they they held their own. If you're looking at some of the competition that they have to go against, I mean that's not the best offenses that they have to that they have to face by any stretch of okay, the imagination. Okay, but how how can you say the Lions have a stellar offense when they really don't? They have Kenny Galladay. That's fine. He's a big big receiver. He can catch the ball. They have T.J. Hawkinson. But don't forget T.J. Hawkinson went down in this game. He was out. So um, they were down yet another player, a big right, player. Right, but they also that. have Jesse James. They have Jesse James, who's they have a, Jesse James, but not he's only not just T.J. Hawkinson, but he's not more. He's a capable tight end, and was a starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers while they were competing for AFC championships. Right, so put, I mean, put he's Jesse not somebody James you can just write off. You put Jesse James and T.J. Hawkinson on the field at the same time. Who are you going to cover? You can't cover both. The linebacking core for the Chiefs is not good enough. They're not even good enough to cover T.J. Hawkinson on his own. I, I, and what what happens when the Chiefs go and face teams with better tight ends, better receiving cores, better running backs? I don't understand how this defense for the Chiefs is going to be able to keep up and and help this offensive out. The offense out they are not good enough. They won't be good enough. There's no fixing it this season. There's too many holes. Even if they, I know they're in the running for Jalen Ramsey. Even if they get him, he's not enough. You don't think Jalen Ramsey is enough for the Chiefs defense? Think about this. What what do they have, Tyron Matthew? Tyron Matthew is washed up. You put Jalen Ramsey on the opponent's best receiver, and then you can bracket coverage their two and three. And then what? Like, he is a game changer. He is a top three corner in the NFL. And he can play on an island. He, he, I I don't know about an island, but he is a top three corner. I agree with you on that. But how is he going to help in the run game? Who is there in the run, run game? They got rid of D Ford. They added Frank Clark. He's another pass rusher. He's less of a run stuffer. I think D Ford was a better run stuffer. You still have Chris Jones there, but he's, again, another pass rusher. He's not as good in the run game. Um, who, who is their defensive tackle? It's not anybody stellar. So I don't know how they they run. Uh, I believe it's a four three defense. They if they have to have two defensive tackles in there, I just don't know. And and they're both not of any quality. So how are they how are they going to be able to to play well against a solid offensive line and a good running back? Well, don't forget the you know they they fired Bob Sutton at the end of last year, so they are still being accustomed to get they're they're getting accustomed to a new defensive system new calls new terminology i mean again 
they've had a little while to do it, but it's only the first quarter of the season. I think that they will continue to improve. And I believe that Patrick Mahomes is the key here because the best defense that they can play, that the Chiefs can play, is holding onto the ball and making sure that they uh, can score as many points as possible and making sure that time of possession is in their favor. Uh, and that that's going to be key. I mean, you know, I understand that it's not the best defensive strategy, but Patrick Mahomes is more than capable of being able to be that guy that can help project, uh, protect that defense and bring them to the likes of the AFC Championship game and possibly even the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't, I don't know because it's not like the Chiefs are the Patriots where they don't really start showing you anything until after Thanksgiving. They're they're showing you the things that they're going to be using in the playoffs. And, and if it weren't for how easy their schedule is, I'll say they have the second easiest schedule behind the Patriots. If it weren't for that easy schedule and the L.A. Chargers being just horrible this year, they're not they're, – they're getting a wild card spot. They're not winning that division. They're not going far in the playoffs. And, and because of this schedule, they're, they're going to be probably the two seed in the playoffs. And they're going to probably win the first playoff game at home. But after that, they're going to have to probably go travel – I, I don't think that this defense can keep up with other playoff teams. I think there's many other teams in the AFC that are more than capable of beating this Chiefs team. Yeah, but one thing you have to note is that there's only three teams in the AFC with winning records. Two of them are in the AFC East, and one of them is the New England Patriots, who they have to face. The other is the Buffalo Bills, and then yep. you have the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't have okay. to face the, the Bills this year, so it's just the Patriots. Not right Every, now. Right. But, okay. I understand that. Okay, but answer, answer this. If, if Say it's the playoffs right now, and it's the Chiefs versus the Bills, I don't care who's at home, and it's a healthy Josh Allen, who's winning that game? The Chiefs. You can't say that with the top. I can say that how, because how can I don't say that. I don't think that the Bills have ever seen something. Did you like not Patrick see Mahomes. what they just did to the Patriots? I understand that, but I think they're the better Chiefs than the offense, Lions' defense. They are better than the Lions' defense, but I think the the Chiefs' offense is much better than the Patriots' offense as of right now. I, I, I think you, I think you have a more Mahomes. you have a more mobile quarterback. I I believe I I'll I'll say at best the both offensive lines for the Chiefs and Patriots are even. If not, I'd say the Chiefs is slightly worse. I'd say I I'd even give the upper hand to the Chiefs in the run game for now because Sony Michelle hasn't produced. But we already saw what that defensive line for the Bills did to the Patriots. Completely shut them down. Kept them under four yards a carry. And and then you saw Frank Gore just hit over 15,000 yards, go over 100 yards against the Patriots defensive line that is known to be very solid, especially in the run game. And but I, you want to know what the you want to know what the worst thing is? Josh Allen has that sickness, and you know what that sickness is? It's called the turnover bug. He cannot help okay. himself do, with, do, when it comes to turnovers. Frank and it's Clark. not just the it's not just about the Patriots defense who 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 got to him this past week. It's about all the other defenses. He had thrown three interceptions in the first three games that wasn't the Patriots. And that is going to be a huge killer for the Bills. But more so the Chiefs can rely on the fact that they're probably gonna get one or two 
turnovers from him. That offensive line in Buffalo struggled a little bit. There's definitely some cracks there that they can take advantage of. But you're and now you're now th- you're now comparing. You're now saying the Chiefs' defense is just as good as the Patriots' defense, and that is so far off. Some people have even put the Chiefs' defense in the bottom three of the league, and you're I'm you're not, comparing them to the number one defense in the league. No, 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 no. No, I don't want to. No, I'm not saying that they're they're even close. But I'm saying that that you can at least say that Josh Allen is going it, when you're talking about them versus the Bills. Which we the only time we'd be able to see is in the playoffs. We Josh Allen's going to give up the ball at least once. We we can attest to that. Fine, he's going to give up the ball at least once. Okay, then you're saying you're giving Patrick Mahomes one extra opportunity that Josh Allen's going to have. If it comes down to an offensive shootout, I'm taking the Chiefs every single time, and that's why I'm saying I don't think the Chiefs' defense is that big of a story because I believe the Chiefs' offense can outscore any other offense in the AFC, possibly in the NFL. How can you say that when they almost lost to the Detroit Lions? They had one bad game. One bad game. That's it. But now you there's say- now there's film on how to stop him. Everybody's going to analyze this tape and learn how to stop Patrick Mahomes because how how bad this offensive line is. It's an issue and it's not something they're going to be able to fix. No, it the the offensive line may not be something that they can fix, but they get Tyreek Hill back, and he adds a completely different dynamic, uh, more than Nicole Hardman. And you have both of them on the field. Watch out because that is a speedy package. You have the two of them, Sammy Watkins and uh, Demarcus Robinson, all on the field at the same time. Plus Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field, who's arguably the best tight end in the league right now. They're, the Chiefs' offense is going to keep them in every single game that they're in. I mean, just look at last year alone. When they when they didn't score a single point against the Patriots in the AFC Championship game in the first half, they came out in the second half and they took it to them. They took it to them in, uh, from the whistle from at, at the end of halftime all the way through overtime. It, and I think, but, but that's because, last season. This is this is a different year, Mike. This is, but I, it's I, it's not. Everything just, has changed. They have not, lost weapons, but their offense has gotten better. Fine, but their defense got so much worse. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't right, even so, matter. But what I'm saying is that their offense is going to keep them in every single game. They no. don't have to worry about that defense. Offense may win win games, but defense wins championships, and it's it's not their year. They're not going to perform in the playoffs. Well. They'll get there, but they won't be there for long. Well, most most of us can agree that if they are to get to the AFC Championship game, they're most likely going to be seeing the New England Patriots. Uh, and with that, I want to toss it over to you uh, with another question. Uh, with Even with a loss to the Patriots, do the Bills have a strong enough team to make a playoff run and possibly uh, head toward the AFC Championship game in the Super Bowl? Absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt from that anybody should be discounting this Bills team. They were a blocked punt away from winning this game. They they really and if if Josh Allen hadn't gone down, there there's a strong chance they win this game because he had that strong drive coming out of the the halftime. And I, I think he was able to do it again. He was starting to figure out him and Sean McVay were uh I'm sorry, uh Sean McDermott. 
uh, were able to start figuring out this Patriots defense and put some plays together. And I think they would have been able to do that one more time. The defense for the Bills is just unreal. They are just stacked. Their pass rush can't be stopped. I know the Patriots have a a banged-up offensive line, but still, Brady can get the ball out of his hands in like a half a second. He didn't have that much time. He was... I know they were running a lot of play action, but he he would pull the ball back from the running back, and he would just have to either sail it over the receiver's head or or throw it in the ground because they were just humming, and he didn't want to get hit. And so uh, let me let me ask you a question, right? Because I I, I tend to agree with you. I, I think they're at minimum going to make the playoffs. Obviously, in a wild card spot, and I think the Patriots take the division. Um, but I think. Uh, you know, with with that, do you think that uh, that's more to do with the Patriots' lack of receiver help right now? I mean, you, you have Julian Edelman, who's got cracked ribs. You have Josh Gordon, who was double-covered all day. Uh, Philip Dorsett, you know, seemed to not be able to catch a break. When he was open, he dropped a few passes. Otherwise, he was pretty he was pretty covered all day. Um, and then they have no, no tight end. I mean, no Rob Gronkowski. Um... Uh, you know, Matt Lacoste doesn't look like he he looked like in the preseason, and Ryan Izzo is the worst run blocker according to Pro Football Focus in the NFL. Um, so, you know, I, do you think that it has more to do with the Patriots' lack of weapons, or do you think it has to do with the the Bills' defense? No, I'm going to give more credit to the Bills' defense because even though Edelman is banged up, you still need to cover him as if he were 100% healthy. He is Brady's number one weapon. You could you you could even argue that they're the best they have the best chemistry in the NFL quarterback wide receiver duo you have Philip Dorsett who has emerged as probably Brady's uh most trusted target uh besides Edelman this year and then you have Josh Gordon who is aka Flash Gordon has ridiculous speed ridiculous strength has hands of steel and and I just don't know how the Bills were able to do it, but they were able to shut down every single one of them and put enough pressure on Brady and that offensive line to just make every single one of them uncomfortable. The running backs had no shot. If you take back the, I think it was two runs that Son Michelle had of 10 plus yards, he's probably averaging two yards a carry. That's unreal. And they gave up their only offensive touchdown they gave up was on a uh, end around. If they were able to stop that, who knows what the score would have been. If it weren't for that black punt, that offensive touchdown, this this could have been extremely ugly. It could have just... And, and even looking at how this played out, how the, the Bills lost, they're going to take so much away from this. This still is a confidence booster for every one of them. And they're going... Yeah. They're, they're just yeah. going to keep... Because... The next four games of their schedule, they face Tennessee next week. They face um, – I know they face the Eagles in the next four games, but that's the biggest competition they have. If they can get past the Tennessee Titans, I think they have a strong shot at going 3-1 and one in this uh, in this stretch or even 4-0. That's leaving them at 6-2 and two or 7-1, and one. and hopefully the, hopefully the Patriots can keep up. If not, I I think there's still a strong chance that the Patriot the Patriots are not a lock to win this division right now. They have to work, especially because the back half of their season, they're facing some strong teams, and uh, 
nothing nothing is guaranteed for for anybody right now the the bills are, are a scary team and everybody needs to take them seriously yeah i i mean i think people are starting to realize that the bills need to be taken seriously i think that uh their defensive line is one of the most underrated defensive lines out there um their linebacking core is scary especially with Tremaine Edmonds uh roaming the middle of the field he is he is tall he is fast he's and he is freak. not afraid he's not afraid oh. to hit anyone Amazing. uh yeah, yeah. He honestly, he he looks incredible out there. Um, and and he's their only defensive back, he is getting better. And their defensive backs, you got Micah Hyde, who had an interception on Brady, which, that again, was, was, was a incredible. boneheaded. It was a, an no, incredible, you have, but it was a boneheaded move by Brady. He knows, he knows not to throw that ball. He even said it after the if game. You, if he, you, he, but if you, you take, can't throw that ball. If you take better looks at it, you can't assume that Micah Hyde is going to jump backwards like that. That was an incredibly athletic play by Micah Hyde. You have to give more credit to him. That's just, it's the, not the just football, him, though. His football instincts so many, are just off the charts. I get that, but there's so many defenders in that area that – you know, Brady knows that he's not supposed to throw that ball. So without that, without that turnover, I mean, the Patriots could have had more points here. As as likely as they could have had less, they could have had more as well. They left points on the scoreboard, and I think that's something to also take away. Uh, but to get back to the Buffalo Bills, I think one thing that we have to keep in mind here is that they're still a very young team. Uh, you know, obviously they have Frank Gore at running back, but they're they're trying to groom Devin Singletary to yeah, be he that. Yeah, he wasn't even course. eligible to play this week. He was out. With he's still dealing with his injury. I can't imagine what they look like when he's back. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Um, but they're they're going to groom him to be the workhorse. They have Frank Gore, who uh, you know, just reached the milestone as the uh, fourth most leading rusher in NFL history. So congratulations to Frank Gore. Uh, that's an amazing accomplishment. I'm glad to see him there. Uh, uh, one thing to note is people don't really think of Frank Gore as one of those running backs, one of the top four or five ranked running backs. Uh, so it's really cool to see uh, see him up there and his yardage up in, there. In this offense, he's looking as good as he did with the 49ers. I I, I, I know he, he didn't look the same with Indianapolis, but he, he just looks incredible. And if he's splitting routes with Devin Singletary, he's getting more time off to recover, and, and the defense is still being worn down. This this, this is going to be crazy. It, Especially when you when you pair when you have Josh Allen, who's as big as he is, he's the same size as Cam Newton, just plowing people over. And then you have John Brown with lights out speed. You have Cole Beasley, who's their version of Julian Edelman, who who can run those inside slant routes and just uh, take those hard hits and, and get you those first downs. And and then you have Zay Jones, who who's struggling right now, but he he might be able to figure it out. As other play, as the defensive players will be uh, matched up with the other receivers, he'll have less coverage on him, and he might be able to make big plays, especially with his size at six two. I, I I think the the Bills' offense has so many weapons around it. If this offensive line can hold up for them, they they are just they're able to help their defense, and there's much. I I still think they're so much stronger than the Chiefs. Well, I mean, we we can possibly see that matchup in the playoffs. Um, I think we would love to. <laughs> I think we've gone over that a little bit uh, already this week. Um, but what I want to talk, just finish up here with the Bills, is that you know, uh, 
their their wide receivers, although good, are are probably a weakness for this team. Um, and they're only getting better, which means that Buffalo itself is only getting better. Josh Allen is still in his second year. I mean, he has a lot to learn. Brian Dayball in that offense is not an easy one to learn by any stretch of the imagination. I, I remember him being in New England, and, and there were certain players who couldn't grasp his terminology and his routes and things like that. Um, you know, So there's definitely a learning curve right now, and the learning curve has them at 3-1. and one. So again, I think they can only ascend from here, which is crazy to think about. I said going into the season, that, and uh, you can probably attest to this, that the Buffalo Bills were the the, the clear-cut number two in the AFC East. Absolutely. And possi- they were possibly close to the Patriots. Um, I know we've talked to Jets fans and, and other people of the sort who, who disagreed with us, but, but looking back, you know, um, you know, the only thing that Josh Allen has to worry about is those turnovers. He seems to give the ball up way too much. And granted, the Patriots have the number one scoring defense in the NFL, number one in turnovers, number one in yardage, uh, and uh, number one in about four other defensive categories. Um, Josh Allen still has an issue with turning the ball over. I think if he can rectify that, I think they're gonna they're really gonna be able to wreak some havoc and possibly contend uh, again not just for champion uh, AFC championship but for the Super Bowl as well. Absolutely. They're I as you said we we thought of them as the number 2 in the AFC but I I don't think we thought of them as this strong of a team just yet at least like they they're much stronger than I ever thought they would be. I, and I'm actually genuinely worried about the Patriots if they can actually win this division especially with the the hardships down the road with the in the um in their schedule if they if they drop more than you know three or four games the the bills will be right there with them yeah i mean if you look at the the AFC East is playing the AFC North and the NFC East so both teams have to face the Cowboys the Eagles, the Browns, and the Ravens as their out-of-conference uh, opponents uh, on top of, you know, obviously the Giants and Redskins and Steelers and and uh, Bengals. But those four, the original four, are the ones that are going to cause problems for both teams. I think those are going to be great matchups, definitely matchups to look out for. And I, I'm excited to see. I'm excited because for the first time as, as Patriots fans here, we have somebody who is on our heels that can really give us a run for our money. And we have a reason to really focus on the, the uh, regular season where, as you know, most people can – uh, see and attest to, you know, the Patriots, they think of the, the first four games of the regular season as an extended preseason. And then on top of that, you know, uh, they may drop one or two clunkers here and there, but after that, you know, they try to ramp it up. I don't think they can afford to do that. And we saw in the first half of the first, sorry, first quarter of the season, that they didn't drop a single game. And I think that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady understand that the bill, the Bills are, are here right now. They have arrived. They're willing and able to contend for not only the division but the conference. Um, and I think that it's something that, that you know, they're going to keep in the back of their mind. You know, uh, they're not going to be putting 
Um, uh, what's the backup na- quarterback's name now in New England? Uh, Jared Stidham. Yeah, they're not going to be putting Stidham in the game anymore. They're not going to be putting newly signed Cody Kessler in the game anymore at all. You know, it's all about finishing games, making sure that we get out. Less injuries must win games because every game that we don't win, we have to assume that Buffalo is actually winning that that game. And it's going to be a tougher challenge toward the end of the season if we can't get, get that done. I just want to point out, uh, going back to this Bills defense real quick, that Brady had one of the worst games of his career. He had a QBR that was almost the same as his age. He had a 45 QBR, and that was the worst QBR he's had since 2006. That's just insane. I didn't think that would be possible when we were saying Brady's looking even better at the age of 42, and now it seems like he's falling off a cliff in the words of Max Kellerman. It's just... I, I know th- I know the Patriots, like I said before, don't really start the season until after Thanksgiving. They're not going to really show anything to you. They're going to start using their the full length, full depth of their playbook in those games. I I just this Bills defense is for real. Take them seriously. Take this offense seriously because they're only going to get better. They're going to figure themselves out. They're they're a, a strong contender and and they will be in the playoffs, no doubt. Yeah. I agree. From a team that, uh, you know, is definitely going to make the playoffs to a team that would be lucky to make the playoffs. We're going to talk about the Panthers right now. Um, And this is just a kind of a throw it out there question. Uh, So do you believe that Cam Newton gets benched uh, when it's time to come back if Kyle Allen keeps winning games for the Carolina Panthers? How how can you not keep riding the hot hand? He's two and zero right now, and, and and even though he might drop a game here or there, he's better than Cam Newton because Cam Newton can't stay healthy. He's inconsistent with his throws. His shoulder has not been the same ever since he's had. How many surgeries has he had at this point? Four. Like, it's just incredible that this guy is even in the NFL still. He's just so banged up, and he just can't play the same at the same level he used to. He's not. He's not the same Cam Cam Newton that we that we know that we as the, as the great quarterback running back that he is. He's he's not gonna be able to sustain this forever. He's he's turning in. He's already you know showing so much wear and tear. And Kyle Allen has already shown that he is probably their future. He and, and I I don't think you should take out the hot hand, even if he's still un- inexperienced and, and he's going to have some some flaws Ron Rivera needs to just hang in there through the ups and the downs and, and just have Cam Newton behind him who already has so much experience to just kind of lead him just like Eli's doing with Daniel Jones it's the same situation down in Carolina I think it's a completely different situation uh, Eli is at the end of his career and he knows it Cam may be at the end of his career, but he doesn't know it. You know, these guys are professional athletes. They are bred to compete. And I don't believe that Cam Newton should be benched when he can come back. I believe that Cam Newton uh, at full strength. Now, they, now, here's the caveat to this. Cam Newton needs to come back when he is fully ready and healthy. Uh, they can't rush him back. They can't make sure that he, you know, uh, he, he feels good. He looks good. They have to make sure that he is completely 
fully healed, ready to come back, and and that's that's the key here. But when that happens, I believe he has to be your quarterback because he adds a completely different dynamic to that offense that Kyle Allen simply can't do. He he can't run the ball. He doesn't even have the threat of running the ball like Cam Newton does. And you can open up the playbook so much more. Again, like we talked about with Lamar Jackson earlier, you can run triple options. You can run RPOs. You can't do that with Kyle Allen. So you're very limited in those capacities. With Cam Newton, I think you have the floor to open the playbook up, and they have to respect him as a runner. You have to QB spy him. You have to have somebody who is honest and not in coverage, really. Uh, and that, that dictates defenses in a completely different way than Kyle Allen will be able to. Yeah, but if that were the case, why are, why were the uh, Carolina Panthers 0-2 with Cam Newton starting? He's he, How is he a threat in the run game anymore? You don't want him. As a Carolina Panthers fan, as a, as a player... You don't want him in the run game because he will get injured. He's going to take hits. We already know that the refs view him differently and think that he can take bigger hits and they're not going to call things so players know they can get away with it. He's He just can't handle getting hit anymore. And that offensive line is, just like many other teams, going through a lot of issues. And if they can't keep him upright... He's gonna. He's bound to get injured again. He's been injured for the last three years. He just can't stay healthy. He has too many problems. It's and and he just has. He had the worst uh, percentage of balls that were uncatchable before he went down. I believe it was thirty four percent, and the next closest was twenty eight percent. That's a large margin. That's with Kyle Allen. Just playing so well and leading this team, he's Kyle Allen's playing so well. He's helping out the defense because they're not as good as they should be. And they're, yeah, but they're, you're talking you're talking about a Cam Newton who was playing while injured. You're talking about a Cam Newton who was not fully healthy and was trying to give it his all. And you know what? Honestly, he shouldn't be. He needs to rest. He needs to get right before he because this is a Carolina Panthers team that when he's fully healthy, he is better than Kyle Allen. I'm just straight up. If they're both fully healthy, Cam Newton is a better. I'm not. Quarterback. I'm not denying that Cam Newton's a better athlete, but but for somebody who's a better quarterback, Tom Brady's a horrible athlete, but he's an amazing quarterback. Kyle Allen is a much better quarterback at this moment in time than Cam Newton. I just I can't I can't get on board with that because I haven't seen Cam Newton fully healthy yet. And you're not going I don't, to. He won't ever be healthy, 100% healthy for the rest of his career. It just it's not possible. It won't happen. He's right, had too many surgeries. He's going to continue to have too many surgeries to make to have him at 100%. All right, let me ask you a question then, right? So, you're Ron Rivera, your team week 17, Cam Newton's back. He hasn't been playing you know, this is his first week back. Uh, do you start him or bench him if this is the game on the line that could possibly bring you into the playoffs? I'm not. That's like bringing Teddy Bridgewater back last year in that one of the final games of the season. He threw three interceptions, and I'd expect the same thing from Cam Newton. I expect him to throw overthrow balls, have the same percentage of balls that are uncatchable, and, and just 
hurt the offense so bad that it's impacting the defense. I I would ride the hand that I've had the entire season, which is Kyle Allen, who has proven himself that he has gotten us this. He's gotten us this far. Let's have faith in him to get us the rest of the way. Yeah, I just can't get on board with that. I believe that Cam Newton just presents such... Even if he doesn't run the ball, you have to respect the ability, the idea that he can at any point in time. So you have to keep a defense honest in in that perspective. And when when you talk about Kyle Allen... Yeah, you know he's he's not mobile. So you know making you know and Kyle Allen isn't Tom Brady either. He's not carving up defenses like Tom Brady can. He's not as good as of a thrower that we've seen so far. Maybe he'll get there, but as he's not Patrick Mahomes, he's not Tom Brady. He he doesn't have that type of accuracy. He doesn't have that ability to win just yet. Now can that be developed over time? Sure, but I'm talking about this season. I think that you have to go back to Cam Newton when he's fully ready and healthy. I think that Cam Newton, is, they built this team around Cam and around Christian McCaffrey to be able to do what they do, to run those RPOs, um, and and really just attack defenses. If you look at the defenses that they have to face, they have the Atlanta Falcons and the Saints in their division. Those are two tough defenses that they're going to have to go up against. I think Cam Newton gives them the best chance to win. No. The main role of a quarterback is to throw the ball. And Cam Newton can't do that as well as Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen is just a, a he's a better he's a better game manager. He's a he's a better I I don't I don't care that there's not much tape on him. That works in, to his advantage because Patrick Mahomes didn't have a lot of tape on him and he was able to do what he want because defensive coordinators weren't able to scheme against him the way they would like. No one will be able to do that with Kyle Allen for for a while. And so if I'm in a situation where I need to choose a quarterback to bring me to the playoffs, I'm doing I'm going I'm going with Cam, uh, with Kyle Allen. Cam Newton is just unreliable with his arm. He's too injury prone and I'm not going to just take my hot hand out that has been winning me games because my franchise quarterback is is ready to go in. It's just especially when he hasn't been in a real game situation for for a while. I, I I just think that Cam Newton, like you said, he is a franchise quarterback. That means that the franchise relies upon him. Franchise quarterbacks is, change. And I don't I maybe, maybe, but it's very rare that you go from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. It's very rare that you can find uh, you know, the next franchise quarterback and I, I just right now I can't see Kyle Allen stepping into that role. I'm willing to to concede that fact at some point, if 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 I see the evidence, but right now I think that he's just a game manager, and right now they're riding the coattails of Christian McCaffrey and that defense. Okay, we'll see. So, we will see. Yeah, we will see. And uh, one thing that we may never see again is Vontez Perfect. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously most people have seen the the hit that he gave Jack Doyle this past week. Um, you know, it was tough to watch, especially in slow motion, as many times as they showed it on television, whether you're watching Red Zone or you're watching the game. Uh, it was a tough hit to watch. Um, and obviously with his 
his uh, record of these types of hits, starting with you know Antonio Brown and all the other notable hits that he's had over the years. Um, the NFL suspended him for the remainder of the season, which, as, uh, as I was reading today, he is uh, going to be uh, appealing. His agent has said that his appeal is scheduled for October 8th, so we'll see how that goes. But I wanted to get your opinion on this scenario. Uh, right now, do you see Vontez Burfick playing in the NFL ever again? First, I want to say that I, I highly doubt he will win this uh this uh, thing with the NFL, I, I don't. He he won't be back this season, but he will be back in the NFL. He is too talented for. I don't. It might not be the Raiders, but some team will recognize his talent and want him to play. If it weren't for him being labeled the dirtiest player in the game for the last four or five years. He would be in the Pro Bowl if he didn't spend the majority of his career on the Bengals. He would be known as one of the best linebackers in the game. He is an incredible tackler. He is an he has incredible vision of the field. He he's an a, incredible quarterback of the defense. He was creating differences for this Raiders defense before he went out. And, you know who else he was creating differences for? Jack Doyle, because he's not going to be able to remember a whole lot of what happened. I mean, Vontez Perfect is, you said it, He for the last four years, by the players, he's been voted the dirtiest player in the NFL. And, you know, you compound that with the Raiders also having Richie Incognito, who was, for the previous five years before that, was also the dirtiest player in the NFL. So, you know... I don't think that he has any accountability. I mean, just look at the way he ran off the field. He knew what he did. He ran off the field smiling and throwing thumbs up, waving at the crowd as he was ejected from the game. I mean, I think he has taken too many hits to the head, and he needs to get checked out because the the lack of remorse and the ability to just uh, these continuous appeals, the continuous... uh, Lack of vision and lack of uh, discipline on the field is going has is just it's too much for the NFL. The way the NFL is gone, he he can't come back. I don't think any other team besides the Raiders is going to be willing to give him a chance. And if he's out for the rest of the year, I don't see him ever coming back. I really don't. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to condone his actions. But he, I, I can't sit back and not recognize his talent as a football player. Even, even if we look at you know Antonio Brown, what everything he's done, there's still teams calling for him, and there's gonna be teams calling for Vontez Perfect. He makes a difference. His teammates love him, and so he's not a problem in the locker room. He's not a problem for coaches. He's just a problem when he decides to go out on his own, go out on a limb, and, and just lose his mind like like he did this past Sunday but he will be back in the NFL not this season but sometime after that he, but some, as a head coach some, there will be another a, team that, that gives him a head another coach, shot as a head coach or a defensive coordinator or even a GM how can you rely on a character who has proven time and time again that he lacks discipline and lacks the ability to uh, keep other players' safety when he 
is on the field. It's just a matter of him not being able to control himself when it comes to these types of hits. And, you know, the way we are seeing the NFL go, it is all player protection. I can't imagine any team wanting to keep him around. Uh, it's just bad. He's bad for business. He's bad for the NFL. And I can't imagine Roger Goodell is going to stand for allowing him to be able to come back uh, almost unimpeded uh, next year. I just think that no, he, he... Robert, no, because Roger Goodell already made his piece. He already said that he's suspended for the season. He'll be able to come back after that. I don't think there's going to be any more punishment after after the suspension is up. And if I were a GM and my head coach was okay with having Vontez Perfect, I would sign him to a, a pretty cheap deal, probably a veteran minimum, because I know for the plays that I will have him on the field, no matter how long that is, he will be making an impact and helping out this def- helping out my defense. Yeah, I just you know, Vontez Perfect is not somebody I want on my team. I, I, I can recognize that he has talent. I, I I can recognize that he's got leadership. Uh, he was voted a team captain this year for the Raiders, uh, and you know all the power to him in that aspect. Uh, you know, m- reports have come out that you know he's a changed man, and he's not. The only thing he's not is he's not a changed player. He doesn't keep player safety at the forefront of his actions, and his actions speak louder than his words at this point in time. I just don't see Vontez Perfect back on in an NFL football field. Sometimes you got maybe. Sometimes you have to leave your feelings at the door because the NFL is a business and you have to make business decisions. Well, you know what else is a business? The XFL. And maybe he can go play there. (laughs) So, uh, with that, uh, as we did last week, I just wanted to kind of wrap up here with our week four NFL power rankings. uh, As we continue... Uh, I apologize. <laughs> yes, week five NFL power rankings. I mean, we could do week four. I, I can. Uh... <laughs> um, but I, I do want to get your take on your top five NFL teams as we head into week five, start the next quarter of the season. Yeah, so I, I have the Cowboys at number five on my on my power rankings. I think they took a step back. This was just an absolutely boring game. This was a horrible game against a Saints defense that is, looked much better than they actually are. They still have so many gaps as they did the last few years. And, and then they were going, the Cowboys defense that has looked stellar so far was going up against Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I know Teddy Bridgewater has looked much better this year than he has in the past uh, since since he's come back from the injury, but he was just able to just do stuff to this defense that no one thought they would be able uh, that no one thought the Cowboys would have to to face that they would be able to uh, be giving up this many yards. And this is with Alvin Kamara not even much of a factor. He was just able to ma- even make Teddy Bridgewater was able to make mistakes and still win this game. And it was a very low scoring game. I'll give more credit to the defense than I will to the offense. Ezekiel Elliott was horrible in this game. You have Dak Prescott, who did not look like he did in the first four we- uh, first three weeks. He does not look like he deserves as big of a contract as people are thinking. They have Randall Cobb. They have Amari Cooper. These are big name targets. They can get out. They can get open. You have Jason Witten. These these I would love for the Patriots to have targets like these. They would do so much more with them, but 
the clearly the Cowboys are just not able to just handle a, a team like the Saints, and the Saints aren't even as good as many other teams are right now in the league. And so that's why I have them at number five. At number four, I'm putting the Browns. I, I see a changed change team. They I after this week they just went up against a Ravens team that almost beat the Chiefs a week ago. And now that the Browns are starting to get some momentum, Freddie Kitchens is finally starting to to feel himself, get his groove, and now so is Baker Mayfield. I know Jarvis just went out with a concussion, so he'll probably be out for a couple weeks, but they will be able to sustain themselves because, as we saw, the the Ravens were having to double and triple team Odell Beckham Jr., who wasn't doing much, but he was creating a decoy for players like Ricky Seals-Jones, who no one really knows because he's not a big-name target, but he was making big-name plays this past week, and I think he'll continue to do the same in future weeks. And the they will just continue to, you know, even with Christian Kirksey going out for the year, they just like they lost all of their defensive backs uh, against the Jets, they will be able to figure everything out in due time. They they are a team that is finally starting to come around, and they'll continue their success. Next, I'm putting at three. I'm putting the Packers. So even even though they did lose to the the Eagles this past week. I, I still believe the Packers have what it takes. They have a stellar offense, and they have a stellar defense. I know Devontae Adams was just doing what he wanted last week. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers had over 400 passing yards. I know Jamal Williams went out with a bad injury. Hopefully he'll be, at, be back this season, but we don't know yet. Uh, they still have Aaron Jones. They still have a pretty decent offensive line. And that defense, which was just completely dominant in the first two weeks of the season, they are going to be fine. And I think they're the best team in the NFC right now. I think they're much better than the Cowboys. I, I don't know if they're, they're, they're going to lose a few more games this season, but they're still, good. they're still the best that the NFC has to offer at the moment. Speaking of Packers-Cowboys, we have that game coming up this weekend, so that'll be an exciting matchup. I can't wait for the Packers to just destroy the Cowboys. <laughs> I can't wait to discuss that game. Uh, at number two, I'm putting the Patriots. I, I saw a team this week that has so many struggles on offense, and I saw some weaknesses on defense that they need to work out. And I know they'll work out the def- defensive struggles, um, where Stefan Gilmore just wasn't looking like himself against John Brown, uh, I think they'll work them work those out. But on offense, they're they're missing Gronk too much, and they need that tight end factor to at least create some decoys to create some mismatches. Josh Gordon isn't enough. They Julian Edelman, even at full health, would not have been much better in this in this game. The play calling on the offensive side was just bad. There was it was just consistent. Uh, Inside runs, power runs that were just being eaten alive by the the Bills defense. And the offensive line for the Patriots is just banged up, and they have not found their groove. I know Dante Skarnecchia is the best offensive line coach in the NFL, but even he is struggling to figure out how to get this offensive line going and get the run game and the pass game uh, up, up to speed. And so I think that... Uh, the Patriots need to figure themselves out off figure, figure themselves out on offense before they they are better than the Chiefs. Uh, I know the Chiefs, uh, who are number one on my power ranking, have had their defensive struggles, 
But I, I with with their schedule, with everything that's going on with them, about to get Tyreek Hill back, I don't think that they are going to be stopped for a while. They have two. They have arguably the best tight end in the league. They have Tyreek Hill, so much speed. Michael Hardman, all the same amount of speed. Demarcus Robinson, big body wide receiver on the outside, who we know can catch the ball. Um, and then we have Sammy Watkins, another outside threat, uh, who can play inside. And then they have Damian Williams, who's just coming back from injury. He will get stronger as he gets more game time. This this team will have more success. Patrick Mahomes won't always face a Lions defense or a defensive coordinator that's able to figure them out like Matt Patricia will. So I will, you know... Right now, I'm sticking with the Chiefs as the number one team right now in the NFL. <clears throat> All right. So I, I I have a lot of similarities, but I definitely have some teams that you didn't. Um, and I'm excited to get to some of our differences, maybe why we changed some things up a bit. So at number five, like you had, I have the Dallas Cowboys. I think um, they definitely took a step back this week. Uh I was a little concerned with the fact that Ezekiel Elliott only had 32 yards rushing the ball. Um, they could not, for wh- whatever reason, get that uh, running game taken care of. Uh, there was nobody that was able to block the defensive front of the Saints. It seemed like they were stacking the box with eight plus men in the uh, in eight plus men in the box, and it seemed like Dak Prescott. Um, you know, when he would check out of a run or go to a play action, they still had an answer for that. Uh, Amari Cooper was, you know, obviously he, he was a little hobbled. Um, you know, he has the ankle injury that he's working working through, but Marshawn Lattimore covered him up so well. Uh, I I can't give enough credit to that Saints defense of, what the, jo- of the job that they did. Uh, on the other hand, I think that the Cowboys, the reason they stay in my top five is because of that defense. What I saw was Robert Quinn and Demarcus Lawrence creating absolute havoc for Teddy Bridgewater all night long. All, all I saw was that the Cowboys defense it has arrived. They are legit. They are here. They can compete with the best offenses in the game. And I think that they're going to give Aaron Rodgers and other quarterbacks in the NFC a run for their money when it comes to uh, big, big games and big-time plays. I think the... Uh, Dallas Cowboys finally have the defense that they had didn't have with Tony Romo and haven't had in a very long time. At number four, I have the Buffalo Bills, uh, who I've praised and lauded uh, earlier. I believe that the Buffalo Bills are legit. I think they have what it takes to not only uh, win in the playoffs, but represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Um I think that Bills Mafia is one of the best uh, fan bases in the NFL and possibly in sports. Uh, you know, I think that Josh Allen getting hit uh, was a tough, tough blow for them. I think he's going to be able to come back and and really get this offense, uh, you know, back on track. I don't trust uh, Matt Barkley. Uh, with with the offense, but I think that Frank Gore is going to continue to to run that ball as best as he can. They're going to work in Devin Singletary, and I, like you said before, I think that's Zay Jones 
uh, is going to come on stronger. John Brown has shown that he has what it takes to be a top receiver in this game. He's got the speed to take the top off the defense. And they have a plethora of other offensive weapons, including Knox at tight end, who can really gouge yards and uh, become threats in the red zone for them. Uh, On the defensive side of the ball, we touched on it earlier, Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Micah Hyde, Tredavious White, those guys are absolutely stunning. There is nothing bad that I can say about that defense. They gave Tom Brady fits all week, uh, all day long, um, and all I saw on Tom Brady's face was relief that he didn't have to play them for a long while after this. So, uh, you know, the Bills defense, it is here. They're going to keep them in every single game that they're playing, and I think that they're going to be the reason that they go far this year. At number three, I have the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Even without Drew Brees, I think they've gotten better, and the only reason I can say that is because for the two games that he hasn't played, they went to Seattle, and they played the Dallas Cowboys at home and beat them both down. They made sure that the the defensive calls were on point. They made sure that the off the opposing offenses could not gain yardage. They could not move the ball like they wanted to. Russell Wilson was tied up in the first game. You had Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper and even Ezekiel Elliott all wrapped up in, in the second game. Uh, I, th- I think that if they can hold water, they're going to be legit. They're going to be the class of the NFC. They're going to be who everybody is uh, trying to come after. They're g- and, you know, again, they should have been in the Super Bowl the last two years if it weren't for a couple blown calls, some things here and there, um, Minneapolis miracle you know, these are things that have kept them out of the Super Bowl. I think they're hungry. I think they're pissed off. I think they have the drive to make it uh, to the NFC Championship game and represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Uh, with the uh, offense, I want to talk about a little bit about Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. I think that they're they're still having a little struggling uh, without Drew Brees. But they're still moving the ball. They're still getting the ball down the field, and they're scoring when they have to. This past week, they relied on their kicker. Will Lutz had four field goals for them. That's it. They did what it takes to win the game. I think if they can continue to do that when they get Drew Brees back, it's over. Uh, number two, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs offense, uh, I can't say enough good things about them. I think they have... More weapons than they've had in years past. They have another year under Patrick Mahomes' belt. Travis Kelsey looks like the best tight end in football. Um, The only concern I have is their offensive line. I think they're going to get some of those answers checked out. Um, And that defense, you know, is going to cause some issues for them. But I, I think the offense is way too strong. Um, they can compete with any team in the NFL. They can put up more points than any team in the NFL. Uh, it's just about can they stop other teams in, in that case, which is why I would put the New England Patriots at number one. I think that defense is all world. They are obviously the number one defense in the NFL as of right now. They have allowed 17 defensive points, I believe, 
uh, through the first four weeks of the season. One touchdown, which was a one-yard rushing touchdown from Josh Allen, where he dove over the top on fourth down. Uh, Other than that, they haven't given up anything. I think the key here is that the Patriots defense was also missing Dante Hightower, who's not only their signal caller, but is a run stopper. Uh, if you look at the box score, Frank Gore seemed to have a pretty good day against them. Dante Hightower was out, I think, when they play again, assuming everything else stays the same. Hightower will be the difference, and uh, you'll see that rushing attacks kind of get stymied one while he's on the field on the offensive side of the ball they're struggling a little bit at, at the receiver but they get Benjamin Watson back and they have uh Julian Edelman who's coming off of his injury uh they're gonna get him to full health Josh Gordon looks good if they can get him the ball um Philip Dorsett looks amazing these guys are running crisp routes uh, they're not going to face a Buffalo Bills defense every week. It's nobody else really has a Buffalo Bills defense. And, you know, if you can't stop, if you can't stop them like the Bills can, then you have to score on them. And scoring on that defense is going to be one of the tougher tasks that in the NFL this year. So I, I definitely have the Patriots at number one. Um, and, you know, I think to close out the first quarter of the season, um, we have some pretty good teams that I'm excited to see play each other later on, and I hope that uh, we get to experience some of these other matchups uh, moving forward. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Trash Talk. If you enjoyed what you've heard, please leave a like on our Twitter and Facebook pages. As always, if you want to hear us talk about a certain topic, let us know, and we may just feature your comment on our next episode. Until next time, this has been... Trash Talk.